I didn't think I could record this podcast today. I woke up out of sorts. I didn't sleep well. But then I did my daily time I take almost every day to reflect, rest, realign. It's what I call tune-in time. And well, here I am. And that's our topic today. Pascal, mathematician and physicist, said that all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. That's not something that's easy for me. It's something I've been cultivating for myself over many years. This morning when I sat and sat quietly for a little bit, I was able to bounce back, realign, and ready to record this podcast about tuning in. So that's our topic today. I can't wait to share it with you. Lots of tips, lots of insight from other professionals on what they do to reduce stress and anxiety, and I'm eager to share it with you. Michael, hit it. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. As I said in my opening, I didn't sleep good last night. We are in day three of the coronavirus becoming a real thing. And maybe it's been real all along, but we here in my household have just been just in our day three of realizing, okay, this is really real. This is happening. We've been following the news. We kept thinking maybe it's not as bad as they're making it sound. Um, but this is Wednesday, March 18th, 2020. Uh, schools are closed. Most businesses are closing. We're hearing dire forecasts of what could happen if this thing is not contained. And my first thought, as I said in the opening, is I'm, I can't record what I had planned on recording today. I can't. I'm in a terrible mind space. I'm in a terrible spirit space. I'm worried about my parents. I am uh, didn't sleep good. I'm worried about all the people I know in their own businesses and just, yeah, 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 up an anxiety stress chain, right? And I felt like being in this anxiety stress space, that's not a good time to record an episode. And I was right about that, except I realized that I could tune in and take my quiet time and get back to a better, more rested and aligned space. And so that's what I did this morning. And it was easier. It helped me get back aligned and rested because I've been doing it on a regular basis for a long time now. I don't do it every day. I'm not perfect, but I do spend time every day being quiet. Um, and here's an example of some things I do like for today when I felt so terrible. I found a quiet place to sit. I asked Siri to play spa radio. That's usually my go-to because it's quiet and soothing. And I wrote in my journal. And what I wrote about was basically how I was feeling. So I was honest with myself so I wouldn't go around blabbing it to everybody else, though I am telling you this <laughs> in this episode, but to make a point. And then once I kind of wrote all that out, and I write, I'm not writing any kind of works of art or hopeful that someone's going to read this one day. I mean, it helps me to just have regular old pieces of paper to write on and think about half the time, all the time, I basically just throw them away. I don't want to keep them. To me, it's, it's my space for getting things out of my my system. And it's also my place for getting aligned. And so once I expressed how I felt, um, what I was worried about, I began, and most of the time I do more of this, which is I write about how much I have to appreciate. 
So I couldn't write what I have to appreciate after I had acknowledged what I didn't want. So then once I said, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel good about all these things, then I was able to kind of say, you know, but yeah, there's so much to share and think about and appreciate. So I, I started saying things like, okay, so I am sitting here right now. I have the ability to sit here and write. The sun came up. It's not raining today, so that's cool. My dogs are nearby. My husband is healthy. Uh, We have food in the fridge. We've got um, a beautiful home. We have so many friends that I've talked to more in the last handful of days than usual based on everything that's going on. And so it's so nice to be able to connect with people and, and to have great clients that I like and to just love the technology that I get access to. And you get the sense of once you start appreciating, it just starts rolling. I could spend the rest of the podcast appreciating. But once I started doing that appreciation, then I seemed to be in a different space. And then from there, I started recalling past times when we as a country have been challenged. 9-11, when the market tanked in 2008, thought of other personal challenges that I've had where things felt you know, anxious or stressful or a huge change, uncertain. And then what that led to was as I thought of those things, I thought about, well, you know, we we recovered from all of that and that how much good came from all of those things. Yes, those were tragedies and hard times and they were challenging, um, but it led me to thinking more about what it led to, you know, one, that we're strong. Two, as a nation, we come together. Three, things always work out and they become more, not less. The universe is expanding, not contracting, no matter what the situation looks like. And then it led me to thinking about, you know, every time any one of us knows something that we don't like, we get clear, you know, we've got that side of what we don't like. Well, the flip side of that is here's what we do like and do want. You know, so say like one long time ago, I broke my wrist. So... I don't like that I broke my wrist, but boy, did I feel so clear and appreciative about how good it feels when you're not in that situation, when your wrist is fine and you can write and you can do, and you get more determined, you know, when a boy, when my wrist is better, I'm going to write and I'm going to do push-ups and make it strong and I'm going to get my strength back. You get this sense of clarity and determination sometimes if you allow yourself to do that, you know, when you have something you don't like you move clearer and closer and more determined way towards what you do want. You know, prior to whatever the trouble was, you can find yourself taking action and expanding. And so as I'm doing all of this writing and thinking and kind of talking through what I was writing, I was feeling better and better. I could feel my mood shift. I was feeling more empowered. I was remembering what I really know, which is how wonderful this nation is and how powerful and capable we all are and the good that can come from this and that we will make it through. And I was, all I was doing was writing and following a train of thought. And so that was my first step in my tune in time today to start to feeling better. And I actually did a video many years ago about the power of appreciation and journaling and some tools, a focus wheel. And I have a link to that video. It was a long time ago, so it's not a great video 
per se in that way, but the content is good. And in it, I share more about appreciating and how that lines us up and the ways I do it. Um, So as I say, it's not perfect, but I'll put a link to that in the show notes. The title of it will be Self-Motivation Tips, Two Little Known Tools. And you can look at that if you'd like to know more about, okay, I'm going to write more in my journal. I'm going to do that for my tune-in time. So this morning's tune in time, I generally recommend 15 minutes every day, but because I was really more out of sorts than normal, I did all that writing, which probably took, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes. And then I took 15 minutes for meditation. And for me, it's more, I think of it as breathing and quieting my mind to think of nothing. I have a very busy mind. We all are pretty active and kind of like Pascal said in the opening quote, you know, All of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. And so I was doing that. And I do that every day. And it's amazing to me the insights that come. You know, my quiet, my mind, I do my breathing. And sometimes I can, it might take all of 15 minutes for me to actually quiet my mind. But there's some segment in there where I feel the breath. And that's enough. And then I just feel some ease. Sometimes I'll get an insight. A lot of times it just feels good, quiet my mind, and I feel more calm. And so in that short period of time, I felt rested, realigned, clear-minded, and ready to start my day and empowered to face the day. And so that is our focus today. We're going to talk about what that is. It's tune-in time. My name is Susie Price. I usually introduce myself at the opening, but we're in different times, so we're opening up a little differently. You're listening to the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast. We cover everything related to helping you and the employees and the organizations you work with reduce drama, increase energy and commitment, and build a Wake Up Eager workforce. And I'm a professional facilitator and started Priceless Professional Development in 2004. And so what I want to talk about today is this tune in time. We have some, what we're doing is a little bit of a series right now. This is the third in three episodes. We did my number one mind tip, which is we talk about essentialism. We did my number one body tip. We talk about intermittent fasting. And this is my number one spirit tip, which is going to be about tune in time. If you want to see all of our episodes at the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast, you can go to wakeupeagerworkforce.com. And if you'd like to download a copy of 123 Mind Body Spirit Tips, it's an ebook. You don't even have to sign in or do anything to get it. Just go to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash wake up eager and you'll see the PDF there. It's got an orange cover and it says 123 Mind Body Spirit Tips. Those are tips that I shared every Wednesday and those are available. I shared those last year on Mind, Body, Spirit. This year, I've taken a shift in the focus, and we're doing a little bit more on uh, the life cycle of an employee stay with you, and we're doing tips every week around uh, different areas of the employee life cycle. So it's focused on being content-rich, reminders, and resources. So check out pricelessprofessional.com forward slash wakeupeager for that. Now, in the last few episodes, I've been reminding people or asking people to share feedback about an episode and or to share feedback about what you do for tune in time. 
and because I wanted to share it on this podcast. So I'm sharing some of the feedback that others, other professionals shared around what they do for tune-in time. So sprinkled throughout this episode today, you're going to hear four different recordings from four different leaders, and they're going to share about what they do for tune-in time, a little bit like I shared uh, when I opened today about what I did this morning. If you have tips that you would like to share or you would like to share some feedback or a comment, I could feature you on a future podcast. Anything you share, you can go to speakpipe.com, speakpipe.com forward slash wake up eager workforce, speakpipe.com forward slash wake up eager workforce. Also, if you just go to wake up eager workforce, you will see the purple microphone and you just click on that microphone and you speak and then it emails to me and we're able to use that audio file in this episode. So the show notes for today is at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash tune in time, tune in time, all lowercase, all one word. And the title of episode 68 is daily tune in time, taking time to reflect, rest and realign every day. Tune in time is literally the most important thing that I do. I write it on my list of six, the six things that I absolutely will do every day. Tune in time is on that list. It's the very first thing. It's the first thing I write down and it's the first thing I look at if I don't check it and say I did it. Uh, But what is it? It's taking 15 minutes, a minimum of 15 minutes every day to write, reflect, think, pray, meditate, be quiet, relax, whatever it is, it tunes you in. And for me, that changes. Um, Some steady things that I've used is the writing and is the meditation, but I do other things as well. And the goal is if you do the minimum of 15 minutes, what you want to do during those 15 minutes is not allow distractions. So we're not going to have the television on. We're not going to be phoning or texting. We're not going to have our computer or iPad. It's just you, your thoughts, and the calm energy of quiet contemplation. So as I was writing the lists of appreciation, that calm energy comes over me. I didn't feel that when I started. So that is the power of turning everything off 15 minutes. And if you do 15 minutes, that is 1% of your day, 1% of your entire day. You can find 15 minutes if you have to go out in your car at lunch. I do better if I do it in the morning, but if I don't get to it in the morning, uh, anytime will do. But during it, you can pause, reflect, plan. Maybe you're planning out your week and you're thinking about that or your day. You can guide your focus toward the positive, which is what I was doing since I was feeling so not positive when I woke up. You can release tension, worry, and resistance. Train your focus toward calm, ease, and clarity. That's something that meditation helps you with in a great way. Connect to a broader view of life. That is something that we don't often do. We get caught up in everything everybody needs from us, and we don't stop and reflect. That's what my list of appreciations do for me. You can also just reflect on what you're doing and what you're going to do next. I want to share Rebecca Waits. She's the Chief People Officer of Sierra Constellation Partners. She's out of California. She's someone we work with. She's awesome. And she is going to share her morning and evening routines around tune-in time, kind of things that she does. Let's hear from Rebecca. I have a daily routine that helps me with my overall well-being. In the mornings, I like to do a short 10-minute meditation when I first wake up. Usually on the way to work, I listen to an uplifting podcast, something where I can learn something new. 
And then before bed, I usually shut off my phone about an hour before bedtime and take that time to actually write in my gratitude journal three things that I'm grateful for in that day that potentially happened to me during that day or that I just noticed. So those are kind of the overall things that help me balance the stress and anxiety on a daily basis. Okay, so why do we want to do tune-in time? We want to gain perspective. It helps us make better decisions. Sometimes, you know, our daily stress can be overwhelming. And so we have to stop and consciously remind ourselves of that bigger picture, that broader view. Because stress is a part of life, but it doesn't have to be the way of our life. So we have to choose to say, you know, I'm going to do things that help me cope. And I tell you, my bank account around having written for so long lists of appreciation, having uh, meditated so often over so many years. This morning's what felt didn't feel very good was a quick move back into feeling better. And so you build up this account, basically. And what also happens when you do this, you start to catch it earlier because you start to realize how good it feels to feel good and what tuning in feels like. That's one thing that meditation helps us see. So it helps us catch it earlier. So it doesn't become normal to feel grumpy or aggravated. And it doesn't feel normal to just be stressed all the time. It's like, yeah, that's just who I am. And if we are in that mode, that's okay. Because you know what, there's a lot of stuff going on for a lot of us. Um, But we can, I want you to know that it doesn't have to be the way forever. And that you can do some things. And some of this is this tune in time every day, doing a piece of that. And if you do a piece of that, you're going to cope more effectively with things that come up, you know, like what's happening right now with the coronavirus, or maybe you've terrible traffic, or you've got pressures at work. Maybe they're not as big as this, but if you practice feeling good and invincible and capable, then when you're not stressed, when things, when you are stressed, you'll be able to get back into feeling better quicker. So as I mentioned, it's something I've been doing for a long time. I I initially got very focused on it when I started my own business in 2004 because I love the business, but I was stressed out about it like in a major way. I jumped probably quicker than I was really ready for, thought I was ready until I actually started doing it. And like, oh my goodness, there's so much to do. And it's one of the best stress management activities that I found. And it is something that helps me shift my mood, clear my mind, and help me have more positive and consistent energy and make a new set point. So as you're building your practice, the reminder with tune-in time is you you don't want any distractions. You want to find a way to do that. Maybe it's in, in your car at lunch, as I said, or you know, you can find your own way around when you do this, but you want to take 15 minutes to pause and reflect. And the goal is to release tension and connect with a broader view. As I said earlier, 15 minutes equals one hour and 50 minutes a week. And what I said earlier is it's only 1% of your day. And in a year, 15 minutes a day is 91 hours and 25 minutes of stress management activity. (laughs) So tune in time adds up when you do that 15 minutes. So 15 minutes, 90, almost 91 and a half hours is what that nets out to. And so what if we want to have uh, a stronger bounce back from pressure and trials and tribulations, because we're all going to have them, this is one easy way to build up your stability. So here's some famous people or well-known people, people that you might know who 
do other types of things to get that broader view. One of the things that Greg McEwen talks about, he's the author of the book Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less, which is the podcast that I did with Catherine Blakemore. It's pricelessprofessional.com forward slash essentialism. One of the things he says is you've got to design space into your life to escape. So you have to design the space to escape. And then here's some quotes from Greg McEwen from this awesome book, that essentialism book. Here's quotes from him. We need space to escape in order to discern the essential few from the trivial many. Unfortunately, in our time-starved era, we don't get that space by default, only by design. So we only get that space if we decide we're going to have it. And I've had to be really intentional about getting that space. So that is very important in our life. And he talks about Bill Gates took time for personal retreats when he was doing Microsoft. And he would take time, usually a week, a whole week, to think and reflect. We might not be able to do that. I don't know how Bill Gates actually did it, which is awesome that he does uh, or did. But we can take 15 minutes a day. That's equal to 91 and a half hours a year. That gives us that retreat, that space, some time to pull back. Kevin Paul Scott is a speaker that I've heard speak and I follow him often. He's interesting. He's out of Atlanta and he talks about the strategic pause and I'll put a link to the article. He wrote this. He talks about COO of Chick-fil-A, Tim Tassopoulos. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right. And he says that Tim, the COO of Chick-fil-A, said that every month he schedules a library day where he spends the whole day in the public library. He said it's especially helpful to be in the library because you can't take a call on your cell phone. And this forces the solitude he needs to think, read and plan for the future. Uh, and then he goes on to say when Tim was promoted to COO three years ago, he did the exact opposite of what you might have expected. Instead of ditching the library day or at least reducing the frequency to adjust to his new responsibilities, he doubled down and went from having one library day a month to two days a month. He explained that the only way he will lead his organization effectively is if he takes time away from the noise of everyday life to think, to pray, and to strategically plan. And then he talks about um, Taylor Jones, who's the CEO of Whiteboard, and they're a company that partnered with their company, ADDO, is Kevin Paul Scott's company, to create websites. And he said that his managing director looks at his calendar periodically, this is the CEO of Whiteboard, to see if he's scheduled a day off-site to think, plan, and prepare. And if he doesn't, then the managing director comes to Taylor Jones' office, the CEO, stands by him and says, I see that you don't have a day plan this month to take time away from the office. I'm not going to do it for you, but I'm not going to leave your office until you put it on the calendar. So obviously, the managing director has been given that directive by the CEO to say, hey, make me take these days. It is so tempting to not do it. Um, but if the COO of Chick-fil-A and the CEO of Whiteboard can take some time off. I think we can take 15 minutes a day. What do you think? I have this picture and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's um, an image. It's called The Listener. It's called The Listener. It's a piece of art and it's very colorful. And it has a young man with a very serene face in the middle of the piece of art. And he's got his eyes closed and he's obviously being quiet and he's got a cream color 
turtleneck on and a tan slack. So he looks very monotone and quiet. And then all around him in bright and bold colors are clowns and, and people speaking to him. I mean, there's, I mean, in this one thing, there might be, I don't know how many people there's, you know, 80 people all around him in this bright garb trying to get his attention. There's babies and there's mothers and there's clowns and there's, they're all in kind of the Renaissance attire and there's music and there's an owl and there's other animals uh, and beautiful women. And it's fascinating. And he's got his eyes closed because he is trying to be the listener. And so that always reminds me, that's my reminder to say, listen, go in. You have answers from within, but if you don't get quiet and you don't have time to listen, you're not going to hear. And it's interesting, Ray Dalio, he's the founder of the world's largest hedge fund. And he says meditation is the single biggest thing he can trace back to his success. And he says entrepreneurs should pay attention. He's been meditating for over 40 years. He runs the world's largest hedge fund. And he wrote a great book, too. And I can't think of the title of it at the moment. But anyway, famous guy, Joe Rogan. He's a United Fighters host, and he's got a really popular podcast. So you might have listened to Joe Rogan show, which I have listened to. He doesn't fit the image of the average meditator, but he will say it's had a large impact on allowing him to focus on various ventures with a clear and cool-headed approach. The uh, billionaire and CEO of Salesforce, Mark Benioff, the billionaire CEO and founder of Salesforce, Mark Benioff says that he began meditating earlier in his career while working at Oracle, and he carried over the practice as he went off to start Salesforce. He spent time in Hawaii and India with spiritual gurus and returned with the vision of the future of his company. He has meditation rooms throughout Salesforce offices, and when asked how meditation influences his leadership, this is what he said. Having a beginner's mind informs my management style. A beginner's mindset is a concept from Zen Buddhism called Shoshin, that involves being as open-minded and eager as a beginner in the subject would be, even when studying at an advanced level. I'm trying to listen deeply, and the beginner's mind is informing me to step back so I can create what wants to be, not what was. That's interesting, right? I can create what wants to be, not what was. So how do we see the future? How do we see a bigger picture? How do we get off of what's happened in the past and look towards creating the new? The CEO of Salesforce credits meditation, quiet time. You may call it prayer time, whatever it is where you stop and be quiet and you reflect and you pause. And so his last quote that I've got here, this is from an article on the CEO of Salesforce in the New York Times. He says, I know that the future does not equal the past. I know that I have to be here in the moment. So it's interesting that one other perspective is Jerry Seinfeld. He's a comedian. He needs more than just a comedian. He's worth over $800 million, making him one of the most successful entertainers in the world. And so I mentioned a bunch of spiritual reasons for meditating. Seinfeld says that I simply do it because it makes me more productive. So there is, a, it ties together. You could see it spiritually. You could see it as productivity. I'm a mix I'm a mix. I am. I just know the difference when I am rested 
and I'm not rested right now, right? But when I'm rested internally, my spirit is rested. I've reflected, I've realigned. I'm way more productive. I make better decisions. I feel better. You know, I'm very committed to waking up eager. And when I wake up frustrated and tense, and then I take that into my work, it is evidenced in my work. It is palpable how it feels. Nothing goes right. Have you ever had those days? Well, tune in time really helps you realign so that you stop when you start having those days where everything's out of sorts and you stop making it worse and you stop and go do something else until you can kind of realign. And I'll tell you one other person that talks about meditation that I've just got here for reflection is because I wanted to top different kinds of people. So Tina Knowles Lawson, she's a designer. She runs a nonprofit. She's very popular on Instagram and she's, oh, by the way, Beyonce's mom. And she says, one of my things is 15 minutes of prayer and meditation. If I don't do that, I don't have a smooth week or a smooth day. So that really ties into what I was just saying. It just makes a difference. And I love that she said 15 minutes. It's not, I don't know that we're meant to just sit around and om all day. And if, if a all day or a weekly prayer retreat works for you, great. I don't think I could do it, but I can do the 15 minutes and I do notice the difference. And, you know, it does make a difference. And it's interesting. I did a test to myself and I actually had myself, it was years ago and I don't even remember what year it was, but I had a little card by my bedside and I X'd every day that I meditated. And my goal was to meditate every day for 15 minutes or have quiet time every day, tune in time every day. And I would challenge you to take 30 days and just try it for 30 days. Because you have to do it long enough that you start to kind of slip into the quiet mind. Or if you're writing and journaling appreciation every day, slip into that level of connection that happens once you let go of whatever your worry issues are (laughs) for the moment anyway. And once you do that regularly, you start to notice what that feels like and you want it. And you notice how that impacts your day, just like Beyonce's mom is saying. So it helps to have a mindset of understanding and seeing the big picture. And it also helps to write things down. So I have another sharing from Sherry Rebar. She is the founder and leader of Select Links, and she helps organizations hire and find the right people. And she shared a little bit on my SpeakPipe microphone about this. Let's hear from Sherry now. Just wanted to follow up on our conversation yesterday and add a few thoughts to your wake-up eager workforce tune-in time. The first thing I wanted to talk about is to offer some advice about overcoming hurdles. We talked about this yesterday. And I think the best advice that I could give to others is to find a way to kind of reframe a situation that has become a hurdle. I've found in my life is whether I'm dealing with a a personal or a professional hurdle, something that I want to try to resolve. You're trying to find every effort first, of course, to resolve it. But when you aren't getting to where you want to go, I find that it's just helpful to kind of give it up and say, you know what, there's a bigger plan. There's always a bigger plan. And realize that at some point in time, it will be resolved. And perhaps you're going to eventually be able to look back and say, you know, it wasn't such a great thing as I was going through it. But now that I'm through it, I kind of see what was going on. 
and how it turned out that it actually turned out in a better way than I thought at the point in time. It isn't always apparent when you're in that place or you're dealing with a difficult problem. It doesn't perhaps look like it's going to resolve itself, but it always does. It always gets resolved one way or another. And if you can say to yourself, it's part of a bigger plan, it helps you to reduce your stress level. It's kind of like handing it off to the universe. I found that for most of the problems that I've had to deal with, in hindsight, it turns out that it was part of a bigger plan. And I'm able to just kind of hand it off and it reduces my stress. And for the most part, it always does turn out to be better. Even in a coaching situation, I find that when I talk to people who are dealing with work issues, or perhaps their job has been eliminated, or they've been terminated at some point in time, when they look back at that, and it's been resolved, oftentimes they say, you know, it was for the best. It really turned out for the best. So that's the first piece of advice I want to offer. The second thing I want to do is talk about overcoming hurdles or getting towards goals brings me to my next point, which really relates to achieving goals. So here's my suggestion on that, and it relates to a personal experience I had. A few years ago, I attended a training session, and the facilitator of that session, which was I think it was about time management or company objectives or something like that, he suggested to everybody in attendance to write down three goals and put them on a piece of paper. So he wrote down our goals, put them on a piece of paper, and then he handed out envelopes. And he told us to fold up that paper and put it in the envelope and address it to ourselves. And that's it. We went through that exercise. He picked up the envelope. I wrote down I, well, I wrote down three very important goals to me, things that I wanted to achieve within the next six months and handed in the envelope. Six months later, in my mailbox is an envelope my handwriting addressed to me. I couldn't even remember that I had written it. And when I opened up the envelope and looked at that sheet of paper, all three of my goals had been achieved. Here's my point. If you have a goal, write it down. It's much more likely that you're going to achieve your goal if you put it on paper. So put it on paper, fold up that piece of paper, put it in an envelope or put it in a drawer But tickle your calendar, and I suggest that you tickle it for six months in advance, and then look back at that piece of paper in six months and see what you've achieved. I will tell you, I also use the same strategy with a number of my career coaching clients, and it is amazing how many times, even within three months, they've achieved things that they didn't think were achievable. So I love Sherry's suggestion to write it down, write your goals down, put them in a drawer and make a note to go look at it in three months or six months. There is power in stating our intentions and there's also power in seeing the big picture. And I would say, I think my stating my intentions are way more powerful when I'm aligned while I'm thinking of them. So if you intend from a place of, I don't think I can do it, I'm, you know, I'm setting this up because it sounds good. That's different from being in a place of, I'm appreciative, I'm in a good space, I feel aligned, and now this is my goal. Kind of, you know, if you if I had set goals when I woke up this morning, they would sound and feel and be different than the goals I'm going to set up now where I'm feeling connected and ready to do this. 
So that's another piece of that puzzle, I believe. Now, what I do in tune in time, I want to go into a little bit of how or, you know, things you can do during your tune in time. What I do changes and how much I do it changes. Some days I'm just barely getting in the 15 minutes. Some days, if I'm just having one of those days, I may do tune in time three or four or five different times. Everybody's different, but I do know when I've dipped, when I feel irritable and I try to catch myself before it gets out of control and stop and do a little tuning in. So things I'm doing right now that I really like, and again, it'll change and yours will change too. Just look for the goals, look for things that feel good, that you look forward to, that lift your spirit. And you don't have to explain anything to anybody about what those things are. But for me right now, when I did my meditation, I've been doing my juve. I've got this juve red light device and it's red light and near infrared light It's on a little panel and I just sit in front of it and I listen to the noise of the juve, which is very quiet and neutral, and I breathe. Sometimes I'll also listen to or ask for air conditioning sounds because the air conditioner, one of the people that I listen to, Inspirational Speaking, always talks about this. So I'm copying it from them, Abraham Hicks. But the air conditioner, you don't think about the air conditioning sound. You can just kind of tune into the sound. You know, you don't judge it. You don't, you know, say, oh, it got louder. So it's it's not distracting. And so I will listen to the air conditioning sound sometimes too, but either having the red light on plus the air conditioning sound and then the breathing, three breaths in, five breaths out. That really works for me. Three in, five out. And I just don't stress about whether my, if my mind is running, I just keep breathing in, three breaths in, five breaths out. It helps me to have some focus on how I'm breathing and that rhythm really works. Sometimes if my mind is running, I might even chant. Now is a time to quiet my thoughts. Just some mantra like that. And eventually I do quiet my thoughts. And sometimes I get minutes, five minutes of quiet thoughts. And sometimes I get 30 seconds, but I always notice the difference. The list of appreciation is another routine. I usually start with list of appreciation, just feels so good. And it just reminds me and helps me reset. And Rebecca Waits talked about that in her clip about doing gratitude in the evening. Something I just did this morning, actually, after I did my little session there and I was on my computer doing work and then I was going to go walk my dogs. And while I was walking my dogs, I have a little recording of a script that I like. And I actually recorded it on a voice memo and it's nine minutes and it's very positive and it's very uplifting. And I like kind of hearing it in my voice for whatever reason. I think it is because it's like me talking to me, but I'll say, and it's from Abraham Hicks and I'll put the a link to it in the show notes, but it's, I'm just reading their script, but it's like, good morning. This is a good morning. This is a really good morning. It's a new day. And I go on and on and on with the talk, but I'll, I end up saying it out loud as I'm walking the dog. So that's a little thing, but it's just simple things. I'm going to walk the dogs anyway out back for a break. And maybe you're going to go take a walk around a meeting space or take a 15 minute break in the break room. And maybe that's something you could listen to or a 10 minute break. Some other things, and these are more than 15 activities you could do. Listen to calming music. I mentioned that I do spa radio. You can do meditation music. You can do uh, just do a stretch or a yoga. You know, you can do if you have the Peloton app, you could use some of the yoga stretches there. Simple, simple things. 
Go for a quiet walk. If you're in your home office, pet your animals. Read an uplifting book, something that always feels good when you read it. Maybe it's something religious. Maybe it's just something spiritual. Maybe something that every time you read it, you feel good. Look at pictures that make you feel good. There is a meditation guide that I have used in the past from my favorite teacher, Abraham Hicks, and I'll share a link to that. That is good. It's 15, each one of them are 15 minutes, and that helps. Just breathing deep. Take five minutes and breathe deep. Write, which I've talked about. And again, I don't use fancy journals. I'm not trying to um, write a novel. I'm trying to align. My thought is I'm going to align, and it works. I plan my day sometimes, and I, I do, and I've done a podcast on this about the list of six, and I have an article about that as well, and I'll share that. But I'll list out, okay, what are the six things I'm going to get done? And I generally try to do it the night before, but if I'm feeling overwhelmed and I didn't do it, I want to do my daily list of six. What are the things that I absolutely will do? There's probably 800 things that you need to get done, but what's important right now? That is very aligning and will focus you. Make specific lists of positive aspects about different people in your life. Just list what you love about your husband, what you love about your friends, your clients, your partners, and notice how you feel and how your energy moves. Here's some writing prompts that you could use. This is what I want. I want this and this is why. Another one I do is, wouldn't it be nice if, so it kind of causes me to dream. And it's interesting, the other day I found a note where I had one day written, wouldn't it be nice if, wouldn't it be nice if, and I just listed all these things. And to Sherry's point, all of those things have happened. Wouldn't it be nice if, and I was like, oh my gosh, I had stopped thinking about all these things. And there we go. They have happened. The focus wheel, that is uh, where you write positive aspects on a piece of paper in a circle to get to your goal so you can think and feel more clearly about your goal. That is on that video that I have that I did years ago. I will share that. You can play the alphabet game. That is where you list the alphabet. So you do the alphabet down the left side of the page. And then for each letter, write the names of people or things or ideas that are uplifting related to that letter. So it sounds silly, but, you know, if the goal during tune-in time is to feel better, to release tension, to practice positive focus and optimism, this one works. So, you know, what can you think of right now, A, that feels good or is positive or neutral or just is right? And I don't know why I'm thinking the word apple, but I do love apple. So I might would say apple. And then what's B? B would be belief. Belief feels good to me. When I think of the word belief, belief feels good. C, cat. I have or had a great cat named Felix who lived with us for many years. He was awesome. And just go down D, dogs. I have two dogs that I love so much, and they are just the joy of uh, our days. And just all the dogs that I've had in my life are awesome. E, eager. So you see, you get the gist of that, right? So as you do it, you just, you're talking your way into the things you love, and that's your focus. Write your 10 favorite things about something. My, here's my 10 favorite things about my house. Here's my 10 favorite things about my job. Here's my 10 favorite things about my colleague, Jane. Here's my 10 favorite things about my partner, my clients, my family, my week. And that are some ideas around tune-in time and some different little prompts or things you can do. I want to share with you Sean Simon. He shared some information. He is the CEO of Simon Leads. 
He is an executive coach. He is on our website. Uh, he and I are going to do a podcast together, but he does work around executive presence and emotional intelligence. He has his own business, but we partner on different projects. And he's going to talk a little bit about in his clip about neuroscience and how the brain is constantly scanning our environment to figure out where we are and are we safe, trying to protect us. And the acronym that he uses is SCARF. So the brain is always scanning it to see where's our status, what's our certainty, how's our autonomy, where are we relatedness-wise, and how fair is everything that's going on around me. And so he goes into further detail around that and then shares how he manages his mind and how he thinks and his focus when different parts of those areas are up or negative, what he reminds himself and kind of what his affirmations or mantras are. Let's hear from Sean right now. Hello, Susie. Thank you. Uh, the things that I most often do that help me under stress and to stay calm is I leverage the work of over a thousand neuroscientists and their studies from functional MRI testing that the brain has its own objective which is consciously and unconsciously scanning, not only for physical threats, but for social interactions that may be a threat. At work, with family, friends, this scanning's constantly happening to determine if any of the following domains are being reduced. So the SCARF model is the acronym for status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. And if we reduce these things, we create a limbic response. Now, this model was put together by David Rock, author of How the Brain Works, author of Quiet Leadership. He's been on multiple TED Talks on the topic, and it represents a collaborative, confirming work by thousands of neuroscientists. So what we know is the brain is constantly scanning for social interactions with scarves. And I'm going to share with you what each of them mean and the implications for raising or decreasing them. So status is about how we're feeling about our relative importance to others. Now, am I being ignored? Am I being listened to or condescended to? Of course, you know, a promotion or a raise or active listening and positive recognition don't hurt. They all raise your status. As it relates to certainty, we know that, uh, which is the ability to predict the future. Humans desire certainty from the moment we wake up. And anything that reduces certainty in our day or creates ambiguity is not good for the brain, which seeks to have clarity and certainty. Autonomy. Autonomy is the perception of having and being able to exert some control or power over events. Show me someone who has no power or control, and I guarantee you they're miserable. So Autonomy is powerful. Reducing it can have a significant effect. And relatedness. You know, a sense of connection, security with another person or a group of people is very important. Too. So reducing relatedness can set off a scarf as well. And fairness, fairness, the perception of, of fair exchange. When we feel we're being treated unfairly, that can be an alert too, okay? So remember, the brain's goal is to raise and maximize scarfs, which creates a positive, engaging reward response and also brain chemistry which enables your prefrontal cortex to dampen and manage your emotional or limbic brain's activity so you can keep your thinking and your success brain on track and focused. I hope I'm not overwhelming you with neuroscience, but 
it's easy from here. I do a few things. When my brain starts to react and get upset or anxious or frustrated, I'll reappraise the interaction and recognize that it's my brain. It's my scarf is being turned on, right? The alert is being turned on because the brain is scanning for those things. I label it. Oh, that's my status going down or my certainty going down. And I give it a positive attribution. I say to myself, they don't know any better. They have good intentions. Or I probably did something myself that caused them to say or do this. This keeps my free parental cortex, again, operating smoothly and in control. I also create a positive self-talk scarf grid. This is what you want to do for yourself, where I identify positive examples for how I reflect on my current being. So for my status, even though I may be challenged right now, I tell myself, I know I'm influential and I'm an expert on this topic. I know my stuff. Nobody can take that away from me. And my experiences and training provide me great insights and opportunities to help others. So that's my self-talk on status. You know, for certainty, I realize even though I may be challenged right now, I know this is temporary. I've been here before and it's turned out fine. Like they say, what does not kill me makes me stronger. Also, I know I will overcome our masters by taking action, taking action one day at a time. And I'm also very self-aware and self-motivated, which gives me resilience for continued new success. This is my self-talk. On autonomy, I may feel a bit restricted now or controlled, but I know I have power to make decisions. I have choices that I ultimately am, and I ultimately am the master of my destiny. I'll continue this. And fairness, my self-talk is, this may not be fair, but they will understand their error at some point. And, you know, we all make mistakes. And they ultimately have good intentions. It may take some time, but most people want to do the right things. So that's my self-talk around fairness. Other things I do include mindfulness for a few minutes, the focus on my breathing, an absolute focus on my airflow and volume of movement of air in and out of my lungs, clearing out any other thoughts and just focusing on the mindfulness of your breath. I also take positive micro breaks to recharge on small positive things like just stopping for a few minutes to get a cup of coffee, to read something on a different topic for enjoyment, to call a friend, to check my bird feeder, to watch the birds, to take that walk, take that catnap, taking time to reflect and raising my self-awareness, to being in touch with what I'm really feeling in the moment and understanding what and why I'm feeling that way, which ultimately will often bring me back to my positive self-talk and my scarf reference, which I just provided to you. So thanks for listening. I'm grateful for your interest, and I wish you the best in health, happiness, and prosperity. All right. I want to share another clip from Denise Hedges. Uh, She is a business coach and a life coach, and she has been my coach in business. I have worked with her for presentation skills. I have worked with her on a mastermind around business and consulting and building coaching skills. She trains other coaches. She's just phenomenal. And she is going to share two tips around two areas. She's going to talk about meditation and she's going to provide a free free tool there. And she also talks about tapping and a free tool around that in regard to feeling better and having more mindful kind of tune-in time. So let's hear from Denise. 
as a life and a business coach, I have a lot of different tools in my toolbox that I've used with my clients over the years. And I'm happy to share a couple of my favorites with you today. And some of these may not be new, but especially this first one, meditation has been around forever and ever and ever, right? And now more than ever, it's just such a critical time to be using meditation to get out of your thoughts, to be able to observe your fearful thoughts, to get into your body, and to just give some space between what's going on in the world right now, what's going on in anxious thoughts right now, and give it some space and give yourself some ability to reset what might be going on for you. I read this one wonderful book. It's called 10% Happier. And there's an app, it's free for the first week, called 10% Happier app. And in that app, they walk you through the basics of meditation for those people who've never done this before. And the meditations are wonderful because they're anywhere between five minutes to no more than 15 minutes. They're good for the newbie who hasn't done this before. And right now, Dan Harris, the author, is offering a podcast all week long at 10percenthappier.com to deal with the anxiety of the coronavirus. And he has five different meditation teachers on at three o'clock every day to talk about it. It's completely free. The meditations are there for your use. And I think it's just a resource people need to know about. The other top resource I want to give them is emotional freedom technique known as EFT or in common language, tapping. So tapping is based in a lot of scientific evidence. And what you're doing is you're tapping on the seven different energy meridians in your body. While you're keeping the subject matter, the circumstance of your upset or your anxiety in your mind, you go through a process and tap on these energy centers where our anxiety is held within our body. So anyways, that's a very brief introduction to EFT. There's a website called emofree.com. E-M-O, like emotional, free.com. Gary Craig, one of the leaders in the United States around EFT, has put up this website, maintained it for a number of years. Now that he's retired, somebody else is maintaining it. And the resources on it are absolutely free and invaluable. I certainly hope this will help your readers, your listeners get through a challenging time. And I wish all of you the very best. So as we close, Tune In Time is about incrementally tapping into feelings of well-being so that you can manage stress, manage anxiety, and it is doing it all the time. And as opposed to when we're in full on out panic, it's kind of hard to find your place. But if you've been doing Tune In Time on a regular basis, you can slip back in to this bank account that you have built around feeling aligned, feeling rested, the bigger picture, 15 minutes a day, it equals one hour and 15 minutes a week. In a year, that's 91 and a half hours. Start tuning time and share what you find out. And if you have tips and insights around what you're doing right now in the midst of uh, the change and things that are happening all around us around the coronavirus or otherwise, 
go to wakeupeagerworkforce.com. Look for that purple microphone. It records up to five minutes. It'll come instantly to me and we'll share it on future podcasts. So it's a time now. I mean, we can be for others only as good as we are connected and there for ourselves. So we can't give people what we don't already have. And so the best way to help people find their way is for us to find our way. And so taking the time, it's not selfish to take the time to align and to bring more of who we are to all of our discussions and interactions and to all the people who need us and need our support. So just sharing with you uh, love and appreciation for being a part of the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast listening crowd. If you're a client, thank you for being that. If there's any way we can be of service, we will. I'm going to be doing another podcast with Michael Wilkinson next week around virtual meetings. He is the expert on meetings in general, and I will share a link to hit the episode he did recently around facilitative leadership, Uh, but he's a dynamo and he's one of my favorite mentors. So I'm going to have him on the podcast next week to give us some tips around virtual meetings. I'm also looking at some other things and resources to provide to clients to help uh, for your kids get some assessments and do some, since all the kids are at home now, uh, opportunity for kids to find out more about their strengths and use some of our tools. Um, I'm working with Indigo, which is a educational company that helps students all over the country. And so they have a student version of the Trimetrics assessment. So if you're a client of mine, please know that I'll be reaching out with that information. And if you're a podcast listener, look for the virtual training class, which will come soon. And so what I say to you is blessings, touch all the people you love. Most of all, connect to yourself and to your knowing that all is well. We will move through this and we will be better for it. And in the meantime, just sending you support and asking and and praying that you will feel well, be well, and love well. Thank you. This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to pricelessprofessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources. 